Hi, everyone. I'm Brenda Cherney, the host of Snack Break from Source. Every Monday through Thursday, we take 20 minutes to cover hot topics in commercial architecture and design, including new product releases, designer stories, industry leaders, and the impact of design. If you're tuning in live, know that you're automatically on mute, but you can use the chat feature to ask questions. You can also find a video recording um, on demand at tothesource.com or subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify by searching Source Snack Break. So today is Tuesday, September 15th. So we're talking about the impact you can have as a designer. And we're talking to Jordan from DEQ. And we are going to talk about this amazing initiative he was part of in terms of EPDs and concrete companies. Um, but first, before we get into that, hey, Jordan, how are you? I'm doing all right, Ren. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? Um, we're doing in... Adjusted terms, we're doing great. Um, so before we get started, can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to work at um, D Oregon DEQ and like what is Oregon DEQ? Sure, sure. Yeah, so uh, I, I guess I'll start with what is Oregon DEQ. So <laughs> Oregon DEQ is the Oregon Department of Environmental Quality and we are the state's um, environmental agency. And um, you know, I think a lot of people know us because they have to take their car in to get their tailpipe emissions tested. Um, but we, we do we do that, and we do a, a lot more. You know, by protecting and, and enhancing um, air, land, and water throughout the state. Um, we're mostly regarded as a regulatory agency, you know, um, but we do do a lot of non-regulatory work as well um, to improve environmental protection and and and. Um, that's a little bit of what we'll be talking about today. So that's what Oregon DEQ is. I, I work in the materials management program there. And um, I, let's see, my, my background is that I, I came from an environmental science background. And mm -hmm. uh, after uh, mostly focused on water quality issues actually, and um, e everything water related is are, are things that I love and near and dear to my heart. And um, pretty shortly after grad school, actually, I, I got a uh, I got a job here at Oregon DEQ in their environmental cleanup program, and um, so that was about 15 years ago. And uh, I've been jumping around to a bunch of different jobs at the agency, um, experiencing um, a lot of different things between forestry and agriculture and water quality. Um, and then for the last 10 years or so, I've been in this job, you know, focused on reducing the impacts of building materials. That is super cool. And so in your department of DEQ, when it comes to building materials, like what is it that you guys look at sort of as a whole in your department? Sure. Yeah, we look at the full life cycle impacts of all materials that, that flow through the Oregon economy. And so my focus happens to be on the building materials. But, you know, I have colleagues who focus on food, um, other colleagues who focus on, um, you know, packaging and electronics and paint and, and pretty much anything you could think of that you would buy, use and dispose of or, or recycle are things that we work on. Um, and when we look at the life cycle impacts of products, you know, we do that from how are the raw materials extracted? How are things manufactured? Um, what are the impacts of that? What are the impacts of using the product? Um, mm -hmm. And then finally, what are the best options for this product at the end of its life? Um, disposal, recycling. And then so basically we look at the full life cycle and depending on what the product is, we look at where the biggest environmental impacts are and then try and focus the majority of our programs on, on where those impacts occur. And for building materials, the vast majority of those impacts occur in producing the products to begin with. So, so that's where I end up spending a lot of my time. 
Awesome. Which leads us to what we're chatting about today, which is your um, project to get concrete companies to create EPDs. So can you tell us a little bit about how this policy sort of came about and what it aims to do? And let's start off with just explaining what the, what an EPD is and then go into the history of um, this, this sort of policy and initiative that you were a part of. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, so an, an EPD is called an environmental product declaration, and uh, it's basically a, a third-party verified eco-label. Mm -hmm. and, and in EPDs, they, they disclose a number of environmental impacts, typically of producing products. And um, those environmental impacts are, are, you'll often hear the term called cradle to gate. And that uh -huh. means from the cradle of extracting those raw materials to the factory gate. So that's uh, for building materials when we're talking about carpet, wallboard, concrete, we're often looking at cradle to gate impacts. What's the impact of making the stuff? Um, and, and EPDs measure those impacts and, 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 they, and they disclose them. And so um, overall, you know, it's basically a measurement of the inputs and the outputs of, of a manufacturing process. And it, it's really helpful both for the people, the, the manufacturers who are making the stuff to figure out where their impacts are. And then certainly helpful for, you know, designers uh, like you and, and other people on the webinar, you know, who are, who are specifying and choosing those materials. Got it. So if this were, if we're using a food metaphor, which is my favorite thing to do when it comes to talking about material transparency, this be like when you're at new seasons and they have those like sustainable ratings for different types of fish and it helps. So this is something where it tells a designer a little bit about how that fish was captured and brought to them and they can start to make better choices based on that um, sort of label. Is that, I mean, the, the fish one is much simpler, but that's kind of what we're getting at is how is this brought to you essentially yeah i i it, that's that's a good comparison and maybe sticking with the food um analogy is that it's 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 probably more akin to the nutrition facts label on okay. the side of a box of cereal you know instead of disclosing the the fat and the calories and the cholesterol we're disclosing environmental impacts like um, global warming potential, you know, which, are, which are carbon emissions, mm -hmm. um, acidification and eutrophication. And so we're disclosing a whole bunch of environmental impacts of that product. Um, so that's the EPD, the Environmental Product Declaration. And then, if you, and, and then if you think about, you know, the list of ingredients, um, that's more like a, a health product declaration. Yes. Got it. Yeah. We also have our first question. Awesome. How often are EPDs updated or revalidated? Um, are they required to report any changes in a certain time frame or a certain within a certain time frame? Sure. Yeah, EPDs for building products often have a five-year period of validity, um, and uh, you know each 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 EPD is developed according to what's called a product category rule, and so each different product has a, sort of their own set of rules on how to calculate those environmental impacts so that all carpet, all concrete, all ceiling tile can be comparable to each other. Um, and as far as the question, um, are they required to report any changes within a certain time frame? Um, you know, if there are any improvements to the product, um, that's well, you know, within the, the interest of the company producing that EPD to, to, to republish that EPD. And we, we've seen that in a couple of instances where, you know, and, and that's one of the big benefits of EPDs is that you, 
a company measures and discloses, and then through that process, they find out about a whole bunch of different maybe areas of opportunity to reduce the impacts of their product. So instead of waiting five years to measure again, you know, let's say they, they instituted some improvements and they, and they want to show the public that, right? They want to show the designers that. And so they, they publish another EPD, you know, within, you know, a year or two to say, hey, look, we've made improvements. Um, you know, we've reduced the impact of our product 20% over the last two years. So, and that's like this system working. We love that. <laughs> exactly. And that's, that's one of the things that why transparency really does drive product improvement. Got it. Okay. So let's talk about this concrete um, initiative that you took sort of, were you the head of, or what was your involvement and how did this come, come about? Sure. Yeah. So we're, we're, our work at Oregon DEQ is uh, a great partnership we have with the Oregon Concrete and Aggregate Producers Association. So they're the statewide industry association that represents um, ready mix concrete producers um, and, and also aggregate producers around the state. Um, you know, it was over three years ago now that we, we said, hey, look, concrete has a really big environmental impact, um, especially on the carbon front. There's really big carbon impacts to making concrete. And fortunately, we have a lot of market-ready opportunities to lower those impacts for concrete. And when we took a look at, you know, how well they were being utilized, we found out that, you know, we have the available materials, we have the technology, and it's often cost-neutral, mm -hmm. and it's really, and it's really being underutilized. And so we, um, that's why we at Oregon DEP were interested in pursuing concrete as, as a material. So. Um, yeah, we, we partnered with, with OCAPA, uh, the industry association, and we're, we basically offer technical assistance and financial support directly to concrete producers over the last three years to develop and, and publish these EPDs to market. And, and the program has been largely successful. We're actually ending it this calendar year because there's been thousands of EPDs produced around the state and, and um, people are starting to use them on projects. That's amazing. So when you went to this aggregate, this concrete co collaborative um, or organization, what was it that you sort of, how did you approach it with them? Like, how did you basically sell this initiative to them? Was it cost or was it improvements in their product? Or like, how do you talk to a manufacturer about why this is beneficial for them? Um, and how do you talk to them about market demands or things like that? Like, how does that sort of happen? Yeah, good question. I, I think um, the lead version four rating system was a huge driver in EPD development across mm. the across the board for building materials. So that was, I'd say, the first big market driver um, is is that you know you're now going to get points for this. It's not just about how the local materials or percent recycled content. It's about, well, what is the result of those local materials and the recycled content? We actually want to see the end result and, and see what those environmental impacts or gains were. And so that's kind of what EPDs do is it really drives that end result. It's not just these attributes that we're talking about. And so, um, so lead was a really big market driver. Um, Another one is is nationally there had already been movement on concrete and you know national associations saw that you know this was a material that that you know we already have the ability to lower the impact. There's just we need to see more market demand. So so they very uh, forward thinkingly came out and said, you know how, how the, we have abilities to make our product greener and we want to show that and measure that. And so there was a lot of momentum um, in the concrete world to to show that they they could lower their environmental impact. And and we also saw that on a local level you know we I, I really found that concrete producers in Oregon are, are 
many of them are real material stewards. You know, the, the, these these folks handle and touch materials every day, and they were very much in the interest of of lowering the impact of their product. I like that. Um, and so, when it comes to how a designer can have an impact using these concrete EPDs. Um, what is it that you found? Like when they first did their APDs um, versus maybe now, are they finding improvements? Are they finding ways to improve? Um, are there ways that designers can um, help incentivize that um, so that we can get better concrete? I guess basically I wanna get into like concrete, can you talk a little bit about why concrete has such a potential to move the needle when it comes to embodied carbon and how using an EPD, a designer and a manufacturer can start to do that faster? Sure. Um, so concrete has really large environmental impacts on, on uh, most building projects, wh whether it's a you know, a wood building, a steel building, or a concrete building, when, when you do a life cycle assessment and measure the impacts, you'll, you'll see that, that concrete is typically still a large contributor to the carbon impacts of the building. Um, and so there's a lot of opportunity uh, for, for reduction. And so I think that's why I, when we talk about embodied carbon and we talk about these things, like concrete is, is low hanging fruit. There's available materials, technology, and knowledge to, to make this happen on projects today. And um, so I think that's that's why people are talking so much about concrete. Mm -hmm. um, and the EPDs help because um, they help on two fronts. They, they really do help manufacturers identify their own hotspots, right? And we, we've seen that locally when we've worked with a couple of manufacturers and in some cases, they've had a lot of returned concrete that they were able to make better use of. They've had different parts of their machinery that maybe needed to be updated. But what what we also found um, is that in these these documents, the, the the biggest environmental impacts of concrete are in the cement, right? And the cement mm -hmm. is the is the glue that holds all the rocks together. And there's a lot of supplementary materials that we can use instead of using regular cement. Um, and so those are some of the things we're using things like slag, which is a byproduct of steel. We're using fly ash. We're using, starting to use glass pozzolan. We're using different cements now. We're starting to add other things. So there's, there's definitely, um, some exciting things happening, um, around concrete. That's awesome. And it's really because concrete is so ubiquitous in a project, right? It's everywhere, regardless of the type of structure you're building. And so when you say low hanging fruit, it really means you can make a huge difference pretty quickly because there's so much of it in a project. And so hopefully by using um, an EPD, that's where designers can start, their influence can start to become more apparent is in the product that they choose and also using the EPD to evaluate different products. Is that is that what you're trying to get at? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. The um, that that's how the designers can use the EPDs. They they you 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 carefully can compare you know product A to product B as long as they're uh, those EPDs are are done uh, according to the same product category rule. And then I think more importantly um, with with a product like concrete, it's it's all about engaging the manufacturer early. They, they, if you're looking for a four thousand psi mix they probably have 10 different mixes that can meet that strength requirement. And it's just a matter of getting them in on the conversation early because sometimes, you know, like, like many things in the design world, the earlier you talk to the manufacturer, the, the better they can be able to deliver the product that you 
want. Yeah. And so th that's that's been a lot of the story that we're hearing is like when you engage the concrete producer early, you know, the EPDs not only help drive you know improvements of their manufacturing, but um, it also uh, it also helps engage them earlier and and be able for them to deliver a low impact mix to your project. Yeah. Well, and I think sometimes. Designers, at least I, when I was a designer, didn't realize you could specify different mixes. You just assume it came in the truck and that's what you got. And so having that conversation is both helpful for you as a designer, but also you can start to, you know, influence the project on a, you know, how it's performing with embodied carbon and also how it looks a little bit. So that's, that's pretty, it's a place to get creative. So. That's it is. <laughs> and maybe just, Ren, one more thing to add on that as far as the designer's role, especially for concrete. Um, you know, one of the big roles for designers here is to engage your engineer. Um, okay. at, you know, at, at the end of the day, you know, it's the structural engineer that is typically making the specifications for the concrete mix. And so um, we've actually been really saying, you know, the, the role of the designer is to write in the specs that that EPD is required. <laughs> and then to get that concrete producer to the table as early as possible. But at that point, honestly, it really should be shifted as far as the responsibility to get the right mixes on the project site over to the engineer. And that's, that's part of their role is to get a, a mix that will meet the project requirements. That's awesome. So we have to make all sorts of new friends, which I love. We can make friends with EPDs and we can make friends with the concrete manufacturer and be more friends with our structural engineers. It's a win-win. I love it. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So what are you seeing in terms of the future? Um, and how, um, I know you're working on something to take these EPDs to a new level in terms of policy um, on the Portland Metro sort of level. Can you talk a little bit about like what you see coming down the pike and how designers can be involved with that? Or if you need designers to be involved with that, um, how can they be a part of sort of pushing the industry forward? Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, with respect to the, the the slide that's up here, you know, there, there are a lot of new technologies. There's exciting things. That's one of the reasons I love working just with materials in general and with concrete. There's there's always a different way to bake the cake. And um, in this case, uh, there's a lot of different ways. And we're, we're really excited to see new cements on the market and excited to possibly see new glass pozzolan on the market as well and, and other things for, for local supply of. What is glass pozzolan before we go? Sure, yeah. Glass pozzolan is um, is basically recycled glass ground up into a super fine powder and um, it acts as a cement substitute. And it's it's a it's a promising um, material for the future. And we, we're we're a little bit in testing phase um, with certain manufacturers uh, right now. And then just to say, you know, as far as what's exciting on the policy front, you know, the city of Portland has passed the the own the first policy in the country to require EPDs and uh, in early 2021 the city will start setting global warming potential thresholds for the different types of concrete mixes they buy. And we're, we're hoping that will be really helpful for the private market to have a, a baseline and a target to point to as well. That is amazing. So basically designers, um, when you're starting on a project and you're wondering what should I look for in an EPD, like what is the number I should look at to get below that, you can, in 2021, it sounds like you can go to the Portland policy and take a look at what their benchmark is and then use that as a guideline. Exactly. It's, it, it'll be a great starting place for projects, whether they be public or private. And then you have a conversation with your project team to see, hey, maybe we could push it even below this carbon threshold uh, on, on this project. I love that. Um, so we're going to end the podcast like we end every podcast. I'm going to ask you, how are you shaping the market and how is it shaping you? 
um, because I'm really excited to hear about that. Okay. Uh, yeah. How, how, how am I shaping the market? You know, we, we talked a lot about we're, we're helping to push transparency through, um, through environmental product declarations and we're shaping it by putting a lot of EPDs out on the market, you know, in, in collaboration with, with different concrete producers around the state. Um, we're helping to coordinate the testing of these new raw materials like glass as, as a cement substitute, which is exciting. Um, we're also helping to, you know, drive new policies like the city of Portland's policy to, you know, reduce embodied carbon um, in building materials. And then we also, what's kind of exciting is that we're, we're putting on a free training for um, designers and architects um, starting in December uh, to help uh, drive a whole building life cycle assessment. So if you want to learn how to use Tally software and get a free license along the way, we're going to be putting on some workshops um, in the winter. So, so that's how um, we're shaping the market. Yeah. Um, and then and then to just close out, how is it shaping me? Um, you know, I, I've been really learning a lot through two local groups um, in town. Uh, one is the Portland Material Transparency Collaborative, um, always learning from what the needs are in the design community from, from people in that forum. And then the other one is- On the line, you can all join that if you'd like to join that collaborative and be part of the cool nerdy crew that's pushing material transparency forward. You can all join the Portland Materials Transparency Collaborative. So definitely do that. Hang out with us. And a new a new uh, local group along the same lines, but exclusively focused on embodied carbon is the Carbon Leaderships Forum. Um, they they just formed a Portland hub, and so that's also available um, to join and participate in. And it's been exciting to take part in that community too, just to hear what people need on the market. And and as you know, a public service employee, I I need to be able to listen and then respond and try and um, help provide you know the tools and resources that that people need to drive lower impacts in materials. So um, th those are some of the things of how, how the market's shaping me. I love it. Well, designers, if you want to shape the market, you can look for materials that have EPDs on our site right now um, and get started this instant. Um, for those of you who are tuning into the podcast, you can check out the episode description for the same link. Um, and designers, if you're interested, you can also register for another snack break and hang out with us again. You can smash that register now button. Next week on Transparency Tuesday, we're talking about B Corps. So I'm really excited about that. But in the meantime, Jordan, this is amazing work that you're doing. And I'm really excited that our designers can be a part of it and help um, transform the concrete industry. Who knew it would be so much fun? Great. Thank you, Ren. It's been great. Um, and uh, yeah, ha happy to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. We'll talk to you later. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs>